Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Got a lot to cover over the course of the next two hours. Excited to have you with us, especially with the big Thursday night football game upon us. And I, I say big, Michael. I'm going to use that term loosely a little bit because we talk about God oh. giveth and he taketh away, it's right? Big. He gave he gave us he gave us playoff baseball over the last couple of days, but all of those ended up in sweeps. So you know, take that away. Then he gives us Thursday night football and the NFL on our screens, but he taketh away, giving us a matchup between the Bears and the Commanders. So how are we doing? So many good storylines, though, Stormy. <laughs> great, I'm doing great. I think I'm excited for the game. The great storylines, you know. Uh, I think to me. Both franchises with coaches that are really going to be examined by their front offices after the season based on how they do. Historically, we're seeing, as we talked about yesterday, how bad the Bears have been historically. I mean, it's 14 games of giving up 33 points, not having a win. Uh, people talk about, you know, the Bears are typically a patient organization. True. Mark Trespin lasted two years, but he did get fired and has a far better record than what Matt Eberflus has delivered so far after basically 21 games. So there's so much to talk about. How good are they? How good are the Bears? Washington was supposed to be good on defense, Stormy, and they're not. They're not. They haven't played well. They can't stop the run. If, this, if there ever was a game that the Bears could at least move the ball consistently without having to rely on on their quarterback, this is the game yeah. because they've been able to run the football. But can they block them, right? Can they block them? I said this on the podcast. Justin Fields is 5-24 and 24 straight up in his career. He's 8-20 and 20 against the spread. He has the, he's the lowest ATS win percentage of any NFL quarterback over the last 20 years. And when the opponent has scored for more than 20 points, he's 20-0 and 0 against against he's 0 for 20 mm. all of his wins when the opponent scores less than 20 and the way that we talk about this game I mean it's it's two defenses honestly that have been bad and the commanders of course we expect them to be better we expect them 
having a head coach mm-hmm. in Ron Rivera, who's a defensive guy and Jack Del Rio there and first round picks all over that defense that you have success on that side of the ball, but talent has not translated to good for whatever reason. Uh, the line on the game, by the way, this one opened Washington is a four point favorite at home was very quickly bet heavy Washington got all the way as high as seven some places. And we have seen a little bit of buyback been sitting at that six largely for the last 24 hours. Total ticked up a little bit from 43, 43 and a half to now 44 and a half. And for me, Michael, like I I know that the total has been bet up, but I still get the feeling that this is going to be an over game. That was the first bet I fired on in this one tonight, just because of Mm -hmm. what we're talking about with these defenses, both give up a ton of points through four games. Both teams are allowing over 30 points per game. I know we don't normally think of these offenses as particularly like electrifying, but opportunity to strike in this situation, Justin Fields, we saw through two, three quarters last week that, you know, maybe there is that little bit of spark and with Washington struggling on that side of the ball could be opportunity and Sam Howell for, you know, as the touchdown to interception ratio hasn't necessarily been there. He he's been pretty good. He led the commanders to a 31 point performance against the Eagles last week. He showed up in a number of instances and has been playing better, I think, than maybe some of the numbers would suggest. So I just feel like we're going to get points in this game. I don't know how either one of these defense necessarily slows anything down. I definitely think we're going to get points, you know, and I think the way Sam Howell played last week is admirable. When you consider this now, I mean, in four weeks, in four weeks, he's the most sacked quarterback only behind, only behind David Carr at Houston. Mm -hmm. Carr was sacked, was sacked more than him. I mean, it's really remarkable. It really is remarkable how often he's been sacked. And so, you know, it's unfortunate. It really is. I mean, Carr was sacked 27 times in 05. He was sacked 26 times in 03. And Howe's been sacked 24 times. Like, nobody cares about (laughs) protecting the quarterback, you know? And so this guy's taking a beating. And but he can move the football. Look, this Bears secondary is beat up, right? They have all sorts of. They had to sign Deron Harmon from the practice squad at Baltimore, who wasn't even in their system. They had to sign him to play free safety because with Brister being hurt, and they've already lost Eddie Jackson. They're down to nobody. They'll probably dress him tonight and try to put him on the field. Like this secondary for the Bears is a problem. They don't rush the passer well, and so now if Hal has time. With McLaurin and Samuels and 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 their other Dotson, they should move the football effectively. Well, and and that was going to be kind of my follow up with Sam Howell. Like, yes, he has been sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL to this point through four games. But I don't know if the Bears can take advantage of that. They have just two sacks so far yeah. on the season. Their defense as a whole, two sacks, just two picks, no fumble recoveries. And they have, to your point, a safety oh, yeah. and a corner out and maybe another DB out. So it's like they uh, they yeah. just have so many things working against them on that side of the ball. No question they do. And, and you know, look, they signed Ndokwe, uh, you know, because they're all he's going to give us pass rush. He's got one sack, right? And, and, and on the other side... Chase Young, he has four quarterback hits in two games, doesn't have a sack, right? And so, like, we're, they were counting on it. Washington can't stop the run, though. Washington gives up 4.5 per carry. They've given up 120 points in four games. The last three games have given up over 30 points. But they will not be outdone. They will not be outdone because the Bears have given up 33 points on this 14-game losing streak per game. 33 per game. 
So it, 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 to me, the, I agree with your overplay. This is one, if you're Josh Harris, the owner of the Washington football team, you're going to the stadium tonight. You're going, you expect you should win this game. Yep. Your defensive line should dominate the front of the Bears, which is playing not a very good line. They don't really have a way to challenge you in the passing game. You got to play the run. You got to play the one back quarterback runs, and you should be able to get the game and throw the football against a very bad secondary. And your offensive line won't be challenged like it has been over the course of the year. Yeah, I get the feeling that this is this is the commander's game to lose in this spot. This is a real opportunity for them to establish that they are better than they've shown through four games. And I I, I know same game teasers and teasing totals isn't usually a very popular thing. People don't like it. But that's something I was even contemplating tonight, bringing the commanders down to a pick them and the total down to 38 and a half and then taking the over at the smaller number. Thursday night football. I know primetime unders are a thing. Ten and four to the under this season around 60% for the last five years. But again, these defenses are so bad. All four bears games this season so far have gone over the total seven and three to the over the last, the the 10 road games that Matt Eberflus has been a head coach for the Chicago bears. Washington's also gone over two of their last three. So I feel like a lot of things are trending in that direction. And I feel like this number could continue to maybe get a little bit higher before we get to kickoff. We are going to cover this game from all angles. We'll have some prop betting opportunities. We'll discuss a little bit later on in the show. We'll also hear from beat writers for both perspectives. We have JP Finley, who works for NBC um, Washington and get his perspective in our two. Patrick Finley, the Bears reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times and betting perspective as well from Mike Somich in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, God, I'm overpowered by names here, Michael. We have Two Michaels, two Finleys, and a Stormy walk into a bar. So it's, you know, fun, fun, <laughs> fun names that we have there. But let's turn our attention here real quickly away from Thursday Night Football to the other big news of the day. Jonathan Taylor, for the first time since, uh, what, April, I guess, that he last spoke, we heard from him as he gets back onto the field this week off of the physically unable to perform list. His window is open. Here is what he had to say in his first media availability. I don't think it, it matters on if I'm saying I'm committed or not, because I'm here. I mean, if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. Um, and, and right now I'm here and my, my number one goal is to really attack this first practice. It's been over 290 days, I believe. I mean, I mean, when you're, when you're not doing what you love, you're gonna, you're gonna notice it. Um, so it's been over 290 days. So my main goal has been to attack this first day. Yesterday was a walkthrough. So today is the, I guess, second first day. Yeah, so the first time that he's talked since his trade request, the question to him was asking if he's committed. And I think the big takeaway, at least from that snippet, is if somebody wasn't committed, they wouldn't be here. So he wants to be out there with his team. First time in pads going out there today. And and he's smiling. He looks a lot happier than he has in the picture that we saw him look so discontented. (laughs) Uh, I, I think it's a good sign. I mean, obviously... When you go out there and you go to the world and you decide to determine your value and it comes back with really no value, uh, not because of of him, but because of the situation, I, th- I think it kind of can humble you a little bit. And he looks like the kid that we saw talked about, I signed my name on the paper and I'm going to play like I am. I think that's the only choice he has. It's the old, he's back to the old Stephen Stills thing. Love the one you're with. You better love this one because it, it, the only thing that you can control is yourself. And if he can go out and play well, there'll be a huge market for him. He'll make he'll all of a sudden flip who has the leverage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, now he'll put the Colts in a tough position. 
And with this offense the way it's going, and he's watched Anthony Richardson play over the first, you know, the first game and then game four, having missed two games, I think he's got to feel like, okay, we got a pretty good team. We get this line going a little bit with me in the backfield, along with Moss to take some of the pressure off me and with this quarterback. We got a really good chance. So, you know, and it's a big time game. I mean, look, let's face it, the this rivalry between Tennessee and Indianapolis, you know, the the, the Titans have dominated over the last five games. This is this is a time for the Colts to kind of make a statement. They haven't won a home game yet, Stormy. Yeah. And he said, you know, health has been his main goal throughout this process. He called the contractual issues an off-season thing. He's focusing on playing that division rival in the Titans and knowing how important this one is for their team. Shane Steichen also said that he's been a part of meetings. He's been involved. He's caught up on the game plan. Just a matter of, you know, first time actually being on the field in this new side of things, taking handoffs from the first time from your new quarterback. So uh, a lot of excitement with him back on the field and a lot of excitement here on the Lombardi line. We're just getting started. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsin the sports betting network become a vsin pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all of the best bets from our show hosts and guests you also get unlimited access to the vsin.com slash picks page where you can sort picks by sport matchup event date and more check the top vsin experts leaderboard to view betting records profit and roi see which vsin expert has the hot hand for recent pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access, become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up for just $19 for your first month at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back here to the Lombardi line. As I mentioned off the top of the show, numerous times throughout the course of the next couple hours, we will continue to delve into all things Thursday night football. We got some best bets from Mike Somich, professional handicapper and Beeson host coming up in about 15 more minutes and breakdowns from beat reporters for both the Chicago Bears and Washington Commanders. But Michael, now that we are kind of into 
that first quarter and beyond of the NFL season, want to reestablish maybe some teams who in the futures markets have made the most changes, some movers and shakers. And our guy, Harry Gagnon, who joined us yesterday and every week here on the Lombardi line, inspired us maybe a little bit with his Goldilocks mm. uh, cartoon <laughs> yesterday. Because what we're going to do as we look at these different teams is say if the movement has been too much, not enough, or just right. So let's start with okay. the Miami Dolphins here, Michael. They are three and one straight up and ATS loan loss, of course, to the Buffalo Bills this past weekend. Tua has been great. The offense has been great. Defense certainly has some flaws, but look at this movement in the AFC East. They've gone from three to one to plus 110. They were at one point minus 160 favorite, but Buffalo has since reclaimed that top spot in the division odds board. For the AFC, from 12 to one to plus 475, Super Bowl all the way down from 25 to one to 10 to one. And their season win total has ticked up two wins from nine and a half to 11 and a half. Is this too much movement, not enough, or just right for the way Miami has played? You know, I think on the Super Bowl, it's too much. But I think on the wins, it's probably just right, right? I think there's a little bit there. But I do think there's an overreaction to Miami. Because when you break this game down, when you break any game down with Miami included in it, the numbers for what they do defensively are really bad, Stormy. Mm-hmm. They're really bad. And, and and you can't deny it. I mean, I I fully expected them to be better defensively, and maybe they will be when Jalen Ramsey comes back, but so far they have not been. I mean, Xavier Howard has seven penalties already in four games. Like, he's a penalty weight. If you go, people say, well, you don't go after Howard. Yeah, you do, You because you're going to get a penalty. <laughs> you got a chance to get a penalty against him, and then they can't cover anybody else. So Vic's in a little bit of a bind. I mean, Van Ginkle's been their best rusher. We haven't heard from Bradley Chubb all year. And when you look at their number, points per play defensively, 28th. Third down defense, 24th. Red zone defense, 28th. Punts punts forced per game, 25th. Fourth quarter defense, 27th. So I think it's a real issue. Yeah, so then it's like, thank goodness that you have the offense producing at the level that you do so that you can survive the defensive issues. Exactly. And so, look, the offense, here's what I've said all season. If you get him into a third down game, now Buffalo got him into 10 third downs. It's hard to do it now because they're so good. And when two is throwing the ball with no one around them and the pocket's clean and he's got that extra time to make that throw, hard to stop. But if you can make it a third down game and get some and get some in the in the paint pressure like Buffalo did last week, and set the edge on both sides. Buffalo played a lot of cover two that was a really a, a, man, a cover four scheme, but they would set the edge on both sides. And they always would try to bring pressure to Tua's left because they wanted to stop his rollouts. So they did a great job. But if you get a third down game on them, they're 20th in the league on third down conversions. That That's not something you would expect. Where they get you is this, this explosive play, these big plays. And how do you stop them? I mean, that's the challenge Martindale has this week. Well, we'll see for um, for Miami as far as the defensive side of the ball goes uh, these next two weeks against pretty lackluster offenses. As long as you can keep them in a bottle, I think that'll reestablish a little bit of confidence from the Miami side there. But I I like your perspective on the team overall. How about the Detroit Lions, a team that had a ton of hype coming into the year? They're three and one straight up and ATS the lone loss in overtime to the Seattle Seahawks. They're allowing the fourth fewest yards in the league on a game to game basis defensively and a top 10 scoring offense. As far as the numbers changes in the NFC North, they were the preseason favorite at plus one 
140, now minus 225 for the NFC. Just a slight shift, plus 950 to plus 850. Super Bowl 25 to 1 to 18 to 1. And their season wins have ticked up to 10 and a half. Well, I, I think it's just right. I think the movement's just right. You have to acknowledge it, right? You have to say they're better than I expected them to be defensively. You cannot run the football on them. The front's really good. Their front is excellent. Hutchinson is rushing the passer well. He's getting pressure on the quarterback. Their inside tackles are really good. They pick guys up off the street and they've developed them. This is a good front seven defense. And if you and if you playing in a dome, it makes it even more difficult. And they dominated Green Bay. And I think when you look at the Vikings, you know, I was doing stuff for the show today to get ready. And you know, we you and I kid about uh, we kid about Kevin O'Connell's mm-hmm. luck, right? You know, when we go through it, and you know, God, he's the luckiest coach in the league. I mean, this year they fumbled eight times. They've lost seven fumbles. Okay, last year they fumbled eighteen times for the season. They only lost eight. Mm. Luck sometimes gets you. Luck runs out, Michael, and people that yeah. go to the casino. Which is why know I think Detroit's going to win it. I, yeah. I think Detroit's going to win it. That, that was my point with Brad. I think Detroit's going to win it. Yeah. And, and the numbers show as much where things sit right now. Do you see Goff, by the way, talking a little trash to the Amazon Prime crew on oh, Thursday yeah. night? I loved that because I guess I don't know if it was Ryan Fitzpatrick or Andrew Whitworth who made the comment that he's a poor man's Matt Ryan, but that he was clapping yeah. back. I love that. You don't usually see that kind of mentality from Goff. I know, but Goff is like, I, I mean, I think he's one of the best players in the last year against the spread. Now, this line's gone crazy with, yeah. with Detroit and Carolina up to 10. Yep. I, I don't know how you take Detroit. I think this is one of those where you, you just – but Goff against the line has been outstanding. He's been really good. I mean, he's been one of the best quarterbacks, you know, with against the line of anybody. I've got it in my notes here. I, you know, it's just he's been remarkable. So I don't know how you can argue with him. He's been really playing well and, you know, and – and even though they've never really been this much of a favorite, he he's been outstanding. You got to give you got to give this team yeah. credit. I, I doubted them, but here's the thing we talk about too: they've controlled the ball 33 minutes of offense. Their defense only plays 27 minutes. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And Michael, I think part of how you talk about Jared Goff and the Lions as a whole kind of being a team that's been doubted, they've also been underdog in a lot of roles. And so I think that's definitely helped from the cover point of things with this week, with them being such a big favorite. uh, It's a different role for them in a lot of ways. We saw that against Seattle too, where they were in the favorites role. So how will that translate to the field? We'll have to wait and see. Another team with a quarterback in a new place that has had success. How about Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Michael? three and one winning outright on the road as a four point or more underdog in two of those games, lone loss and no cover to the Philadelphia Eagles. But in the NFC South from six to one to plus one sixty five favorite the NFC 60 to one, 40 to one Super Bowl, 90 to one to 71. Their win total updated three games from six and a half to nine and a half. Is it warranted too much? Not enough or just right? I think it's too much. I'm not sold on it. I mean, I think what Baker's done a good job when you watch the tape, he's made loose plays. He's kind of gotten out himself out of trouble, and, and he's been able to do it. But last week, their defense carried the day. Really, it did, because Carr refused to throw the ball up the field. I mean, Kamara had led the team in catches. He averaged 2-7 a catch. So that was a problem. Who is the best team in the South? I still don't know. 
I mean, right now, Tampa, because they seem to be able to beat New Orleans. Uh, but, you know, this is a big game for Atlanta. Atlanta's got to win this one. I think it's too much. I'm not sold because when Tampa played Philly, that game was out of hand. So maybe Tampa will be like they were last year, a winner of the division, but no no chance to go any further than that. Michael, you just teed it up. Big game for Atlanta this week against the Houston Texans. But what's your feel on it? Because it's you can't really deny what Houston has done recently. Yeah. Well, you also can't deny that Atlanta's a better home team than they are the road team. And you can't deny that when you watch this game and if you go back to, uh, you know, Atlanta's got to run the football. If Atlanta can't run the ball, they can't beat anybody. And so for me, that that's probably where you are in this. I mean, the last two weeks, they've only scored 13 points, haven't been able to run the ball. But they can stop the run, which I think will help them make it a one-dimensional game got a rookie quarterback on the road. I know he's playing really well, but I think to me, this is a game where Atlanta, even though everything is going against them, I think Atlanta will run the ball and win. And let's face it. I mean, Ritter is not a great quarterback, but he's a different quarterback in college and he's a different quarterback in the pros at home. And if you do lose this game, as if all the talks about Taylor Heineke trading for a veteran quarterback haven't been loud enough, they're just going to get that much louder. But I, I like yeah. that you think in an important game, they're going to be able to handle business. Atlanta, a two-point home favorite against the Texans in that one Sunday, total 41. We're going to step aside. We're going to return our conversation to Thursday Night Football in a moment. Mike Somich, professional handicapper, VEASAN host of The Handle, give us his favorite play for the game, as well as some other ones coming up on Sunday. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on VEASAN in the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Looking to be a better, better? Of course you are. That's why you're here. And why tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L, in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It is a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one place, loads your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly a billion dollars in bets from sports bettors all across the country. You can use that data to follow winners, fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice, like orange juice real r-e-e-l absolutely free download juice real to your iphone or android device today and become a better better alongside michael lombardi stormy Tony with you back here on the lombardi line on vsin as we welcome in great friend of the show professional handicapper and vsin host mike somich make sure you check out the handle every weekend from four to seven pacific seven to ten eastern alongside matt brown it's on vsin and dk network mike welcome in and uh we were kind of joking about it at the start start of the show this Thursday night football matchup itself isn't like the sexiest thing in the world but there's a lot of interesting storylines a lot of potential betting opportunities what are you looking at between the Bears and Commanders on Thursday night schedule is a game you were you were looking forward to before the season but I think it's a, a really intriguing matchup the line opened at plus seven for the Bears we've seen a lot of sharp money come in on the Chicago side pushed it down to six now we're seeing it float back up to six and a half in the market. It's a, uh, a Ron Rivera led team that's just one in four against the spread when they're laying over four points. So it's so tough to take the commanders, even though they seem like the easy side here in this spot. I do think the commanders have se- success on offense. So that's where I headed to first. I took the team total over 25 and a half here. This Bears team has given up 25 or more points in 13 straight games dating back to last year. 
This is a commander's team that we saw have a lot of success through the year last week against the Philadelphia Eagles in that banged up secondary with a better pass rush. They should face less pressure today up front from this Bears front four, and the Bears secondary is awfully beat up. So I, I like the commanders going over their 25 and a half team total. Don't want to take the straight over in this game. We've seen uh, we've seen night games go under here already, 10 and four to the under. So I want to look just at the commanders team total versus the over in general. I also like Samuel quite a bit in this spot. Curtis Samuel, second in receptions right now with 17 for the Washington Commanders. He's got 20 targets. But what I love about playing a receiver like Samuel on the over, a lot of his routes are three yards or less from the line of scrimmage. So they're high quality targets when you're talking about receptions. Right now at DraftKings, you can get plus 135 on the over three and a half receptions for Samuel. So I've got that in the account as well. Yeah. And what about the, how about the way Washington can't run the ball? Is there anything in the run game for Chicago you like? I know they set the line for fields high on the over on those props, but to me, if Chicago's going to move the ball, it's going to be on the ground. You'd expect they're going to try and run the ball early. Another reason why I kind of don't want to take the over in the game here. Fields actually hasn't been running as much this season. If you look his week to week stats, he's gone under, I believe, in three of the Mm -hmm. four, all four of the weeks uh, so far in his rushing numbers. I don't think we're going to see him scrambling around a bunch either. The Chicago Bears organization has really tried to force Justin Fields into being a passer. You heard about the press conference a couple weeks back where he was getting so much information. It sounded almost like a golfer who's got all these different things in his head, keep my elbows in, keep my, my back straight, keep my head still, move this foot a certain way. That kind of feels like how he is playing right now, very robotic and trying to have all these voices in his head. At some point, you're expecting him to cut loose. And at that point, I think those running stats will go up. But right now, they're really trying to make him a throw and figure out what they have. And unfortunately for the Bears, before last week, uh, it hasn't been too much. So I, I, I like your approach with the commander specifically. I am somebody that's on the over just because I don't trust either one of these defenses, to be honest, for as much talent as Washington has defensively. The numbers just haven't yielded that talent to this point, averaging 30 points allowed per game. So I, I like your approach more probably with the team total being what it is with Washington, but I'm on the over as well. Uh, I want to ask you about the San Francisco 49ers Cowboys game coming up on Sunday night football, because it's the, the game of the week, certainly, but maybe the game of the year to this point between these two contenders in the NFC, the 49ers are a three and a half point favorite in this spot. We know they've knocked Dallas out of the playoffs each of the last two years. So maybe a little bit of revenge factor from the Cowboys side of things, but who do you think is the better team what are you looking at as you analyze this one when i go down the rosters i think it's about equal from a talent perspective but the big issue here is the head coaching and specifically the red zone offensive issues here for dallas so far this season they have been wildly ineffective and wildly predictable with their red zone offense so far clicking off at just around 30 percent when they're in the red zone to score a touchdown i think that favors the 49ers in a massive way here it's a 49ers defense that when you are predictable when they understand what's coming they're able to scheme it up and stop you and mike mccarthy just hasn't been very inventive in the red zone so far on the offensive side of the football that gives me huge concerns about whether or not the dallas cowboys are going to be kicking three or going in for seven and when you have a game like this where points are going to be at a premium you got to be able to score touchdowns in the red zone that's something that dallas has just consistently struggled with i like the 49ers here lay in the three and a half it's a team that has explosive players they've got playmakers all over the place brock purdy has played well i thought he did very well under pressure week one when Pittsburgh got after him early. He was able to move around and shift in the pocket and then find open receivers. And the loss of digs matters quite a bit in this game. I don't think from a season long perspective, there's going to be a ton of games. You're like, oh, you really noticed that digs isn't out there. 
This is one of those spots where they really need that number one cornerback so that they're able to have the advantage of having top one and two cornerbacks against very good one and two options on the outside here for San Francisco. I also like the under in this spot. I mentioned the red zone struggles for, for Dallas. Uh, San Francisco's or Dallas's defense has been very good in the red zone so far as well. I like San Francisco minus three and a half more, but I'll have an under ticket in this one as well. And it's another one of those primetime night games. We talked 10 and four to the under so far this year. I think this one goes under and I think San Francisco covers the three and a half. You know, I'm with you on San Francisco. A couple things. I, I think what's really interesting is San, both these teams control the football. That Both these teams adhere to the play less defense is the best way to play defense. And San Francisco controls the ball 33 minutes. The Cowboys control at 34. They're one of the best. Third. They're 51% on third down. I do think I agree with you. With Diggs being out and San Francisco having five eligible receivers that are really good, four of them are the top receivers on their team in terms of catches. I just don't know if there's a matchup you like if Dallas can't get pressure. Yeah, you'd expect either Ayuk or Samuel to have a big game depending on how they decide to play them because they're going to be able to get separation on the second and third cornerbacks here from San Francisco. And then you mix in Kittle, you got McCaffrey out of the backfield. The weapons just start piling up on this San Francisco team. And then it's whether or not Brock Purdy can efficiently distribute the ball. And, you know, I wasn't a big Brock Purdy believer coming into the season. But if you have guys who are yard wide open, he can hit them, and that's what he's going to have to do in this game, and the loss of Diggs is going to create more opportunities for them when they do move to that passing game. Yeah, it was one completion for Brock Purdy last game, and I feel like where at first maybe he was a little bit timid, he's very comfortable in that offense now, getting a little bit swaggy with it too. And to your point to the under, 19-12, to 12, the final in that last matchup um, in Santa Clara when the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys, turned uh, Dak Prescott over twice in that game as well. So you guys are getting me a little bit too excited about San Francisco here. That's my team. I really want them to win this game, but oh, I get, get the anxiety. How about uh, a game that we were talking about a little bit earlier, the Houston Texans and Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I think that's an important game more so for Atlanta than Houston, but Houston has been showing up and surprised a lot of people here through the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, D'Amico Ryans deserves a ton of credit for what he's been able to do with this team, uh, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Been phenomenal when he's played vanilla-style offenses. We saw that against Pittsburgh last week. If you are predictable against this D'Amico Ryans defense, he's going to stop you. Uh, I played a little bit of plus three here on the Texans when this opened. That line is gone, so I don't want to give that one out. If we ever see a three again, I, I like the Texans plus the points here. But I'll take the Texans team total over 20 and a half in this spot. It's an Atlanta Falcons team that has not been as stout as I was hoping for on the defensive side of the football. And I was a CJ Stroud doubter coming into this season. He's been phenomenal. The ability to be able to read and react to defenses, move around in the pocket behind a just decimated offensive line and hit two of his big targets with Collins and with Tank Dell out there. I like the weapons and out in the offensive side, but even more so. This is an Atlanta Falcons team that is coming back from London. And we saw this the last two years when teams return from London, their defense really, really struggles. That's the side of the ball that has more issues than the offensive side of the football. I think Houston's going to be able to take advantage of that. And again, D'Amico Ryans gets to play a vanilla offense. I think you're going to see this Houston's de Houston defense have a lot of success against an Atlanta offense that wants to run the football. They're going to force Desmond Ritter to throw. And when you force Desmond Ritter to throw, you end up getting some short fields because of it, because he's going to throw an interception or two. So I'll take the over 20 and a half team total here with the Houston Texans. Real quick, we got about a minute, Mike. The, the, the Hackett Revenge Bowl, Jets, Broncos. <laughs> you like the, you think it's going to be a low scoring game here? I do. Give me the under. I mean, we just saw 42 and a half 
with Kansas City and the New York Jets. And now you're giving me 43 and a half with Jet Denver and the Jets. I, this Jets defense should be able to shut down the Denver offense. And Zach Wilson had an absolutely phenomenal game. Prove to me you can do it again, buddy. I just don't see him being able to go out every single week and, and have that much efficiency on the offensive side of the ball. I think it's going to be a low-scoring slugfest. I was surprised this one was sitting at that 43-and-a-half number. I'll take the under. Excellent, as always, Mike. Thanks for the time. You got it. Good luck this Thank week, guys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, you too. That is our guy, Mike Somich. Follow him on X at Samabomb18 and make sure you check out on VSIN and DraftKings Network, the handle every weekend, 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern. Uh, the Hackett Revenge Bowl. I like that. We need to make sure we shoot that over to branding, get that everywhere. Good stuff. We got to step aside here when we return back to Thursday Night Football from the Bears' perspective. Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun Times will help us break it all down next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to Hour 2 of the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi out there on the East Coast. I'm Stormy Bonantoni live from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. Welcome in our DraftKings Network audience. Anybody who missed Hour 1, make sure you download the Lombardi Line in podcast form as well. But we got a great hour ahead. We're going to dive into all things Thursday Night Football, the Commanders and Bears with an intriguing game coming up. Commanders a six-point favorite, total 44 and a half. And we will get the Washington perspective with Jay. P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington in just a little bit. Um, we'll also kind of get the lay of the land of the NFL this week and if some of the marquee performances we saw a week ago are something that can carry over or if it was a little bit of a fluke. So awesome stuff, Michael. But let's start with this Thursday night football matchup and just some of your immediate off the top thoughts with how these two compare. Well, I mean, look, it, it, this is a game everybody's going to complain. Oh, why are we watching this game? Well, I think it'll be a good game. I, I think there's a lot of interesting stories within it. First of all, let's start with Sam Howell, who I think has played really well for them. 
Now, he has been hit way too much, Stormy, and this is the weakness of the Washington football team. Hal has been sacked 24 times already this year. That's that's third most in through four games in, in the NFL. David Carr owns that right in 07 uh, and 05 and 02. He was sacked 26 and 27 times respectively. So, they've got if they protect him against a Bears secondary tonight that is really depleted. They had to sign Deron Harmon from the Baltimore practice squad to bring to their team. That's how depleted they are. So, this is an opportunity to see how play, see how he'll function and he should be able to throw the football effectively. On the other side, we get to see Justin Fields, who everybody wants to tell you he's going to be the MVP. I know everybody's going to tell you that he's going to become, that it's not his fault. Let me give you a stat. 5-24 and 24 straight up. He's 8-20 and 20 against the spread in his career. In a minimum of 20 starts, he has the lowest against the spread win percentage of all NFL quarterbacks in the last 20 years. And when the opponents score more than 20 points against Justin Fields' team, they're 20-0 and 0 against him. All his five wins as an NFL quarterback have come when the opponent has scored less than 20. So we're going to be able to see if he can do something because this Washington defense, for all the conversation about their front four, they have given up over 30 points the last three weeks. Yeah, they're they're averaging allowing 30 points per game this season, which I don't think anybody expected when you hear names like Montez Sweat and Chase Young and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. The list goes on, especially given the coaching staffs that they have as well and this being a defense-first type of a mindset for a team, and it has not been the case. But for Justin Fields, just to further your point, Michael, because when we had Patrick Finley on in, in Hour 1, the Bears beat reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, he was talking about the way that Fields has had issues specifically late in games and fourth quarters. How about the last three minutes of regulation for his career? So as as a starter um, during this streak of, you know, oh, and forever games, he's 16 of 34, 143 yards, one touchdown, six picks and a 29 passer rating the last three minutes. So think about times when games have been on the line or when you're trying to rally yep. or in a position to set your team up for success. That is when he has fallen. And even last week, we talk about him finally showing flashes and getting back to maybe the caliber of quarterback people thought or wanted him to be this year completes his first 16 passes on the day has four touchdowns, 132 passer rating. And in the fourth quarter, five of 11, 50 yards game ceiling interception for the other side and a 21 rating. So it's hard to yeah. trust Justin Fields, even when they're winning. Yeah, no question. And, and I've been saying it. And you can't deny the evidence. One of the things I've learned working here at, at VSIN and on the DraftKings Network is some of these numbers that equate to winning and equate to point spread really kind of transcend. I mean, it's the same thing. We could, we'll have the same conversation about Mac Jones. Anytime he plays against a team where he's there, his team isn't as good, he falls short. Now, look, one thing we will know about this Chicago Bear team. Their defense is atrocious. They're led by Matt Eberflus, their head coach, who has won three games in 14. And basically, they are, you know, he is three and what is he? Three and 18 over 21 games so far. Okay. And the last 14 games of this losing streak, they have given up 33.4 points per game. Per game. And so they can't stop anybody on defense. And it's not all on Eberflus either because this team had a ton of cap room this year and they went out and signed guys that didn't make a lot of sense. You know, now whether it's the GM or the coach wanting to sign them, I don't know. 
But to me, Chicago is just going further and further down. The misevaluation at quarterback, you know, they make a great trade. They move away from a premier defensive tackle and then don't pick them anyway. And because they they don't think they need it, I don't know. But this will be an interesting game tonight. I'm looking forward to Al's not. I hope you are as well because it'll be consistent. It'll be the best thing of the evening. As soon as at 8.15 we go to the shot with him and Herbie, it'll be the most perfect not you've ever seen, and we can move on. The only consistent thing about the Thursday night football matchup is that our guy Al Michaels is going to have a beat good the tie. Knot. That's all it is. Um, you can't beat it. <laughs> from, from an injury you standpoint, can't. I do want to make sure that we let the people at home know what the deal is for the Bears. They are going to be shorthanded in that secondary. As we know, no Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, even Jaquan Bis- Brisker is questionable with a hamstring. I haven't seen any update if that gets upgraded, but so far no and no chase claypool again either michael which this is a whole nother yeah. issue in itself but well, not yeah i in- mean that one's on the gm i mean yeah. he trades a, he trades a second round pick look here's what i've learned in my experience in the nfl you know it's funny i was listening to michael lewis on 60 minutes talking about the sam uh, that guy from ftx or whatever it's called sam friedman whatever his name is and and he told michael lewis that anybody over 46 years old is worthless that's what he said Well, the one thing I've learned being over 46 years old and experienced is when the Steelers are getting rid of a player, you better measure twice. You better measure three times. You better measure four times before you take that player on because they are undefeated. They're like Al Michaels not. They're undefeated in terms of getting rid of a bad player. They don't ever do that. Like They don't ever do that. They may maybe miss by a year, but they don't get rid of a young player that they think has got potential and they traded away that guy. Not, not good. And obviously inactive last week, not going to play this week. Uh, And I I wonder if not only Elliot and I were talking about this, if not only he's played his last game as a Chicago bear, but has he played his last game in general? I like, it just doesn't seem very optimistic at this point. Well, they got to trade him. I mean, they got it. The problem is he can't get anything back for him. I mean, everybody knows he's got to get rid of him. And nobody's going to offer him a firm pick. I mean, I think somebody might offer him a, you know, he's. I think he's going to be a free agent. They haven't extended him. So he enters into his free agent year. You're not going to be able, what, what contract is he going to get in the open market? Right? So if you trade something that's, say you trade a fifth, are you going to get that back for him? I doubt it. Well, and it's super unfortunate because like, DJ Moore is probably their best player, been their best option, but I wouldn't say that that's been the quality of wide receiver play that they thought that they were going to get when they went ahead and got him from Carolina either. So just a lot of things I think working against the Bears, not only today, but this season. We'll digest this game more later on uh, at the very end of the hour, get into a little bit of a prop betting perspective. I do have a bet on the over 44 and a half. I just feel like it's going to be hard for either defense really to get a stop based on at least what I've seen through a four game sample size so I like the over in that spot rapid fire here Michael because in hour one we did some teams that were on the up and up saw some stock up odds movement how about some teams that are trending down and have seen their odds reflected as such in too much not enough or just right let's look at the odds for the Cincinnati Bengals who are one and three straight up right now just narrowly beating the Rams for their lone win have yet to cover a game but from plus 110 in the division to seven to one their AFC odds have skyrocketed to 15 to one Super Bowl odds from plus 850 to 30 to 1 and their wins total down 3 from 11 and a half in the preseason to 8 to 1 too much movement not enough or just right I think it's just right I mean look when we go through it 
you know, you can't deny if if you took the name, if you did a blind taste test, a blind view test of of what Joe Burrow has done, it's bad. I mean, four point four yards per attempt. He, he's throwing at about a fifty eight percent completion on first and ten. He can't run the ball. He's got three carries for eight yards. Last year, he had twenty seven first downs with his feet. You know, they can't run the ball because they're in one formation all the time. And so what what's happened to them is that, you know they get behind in a game. They've been outscored 53 to 19. They must scored 19 points in the first half, Stormy. Mm. They're out they're down 53 to 19 in the first half. You know, this is an interesting game because I, the line opened at 6 and it got immediately bet down to 4. Now I think it's under 3 at some shops. You know, the money's just pouring in and you can't argue with the money pouring. It was 6 and a, it opened the look ahead was was 6. And the money just pours in, and now it's pretty much three across the board. Yeah, Joe, I mean, Joe Burrow has not looked right playing through that strained calf. It's clear. And it's not like he's had a lot of help. The numbers move so much. Let me ask you something. The numbers move so much. Would you be inclined to now take Cincinnati? I This is a stay-away game at this number, Michael. I grabbed the plus five with Arizona because I was, I was on board with that. I was like, based on what I've seen from Cincinnati, I have no interest in backing them. At this number, I think it's kind of a stay-away. This thing, actually, Michael, so while it reopened um, at, at six, six and a half, the look-ahead was actually like eight and a half. So that's the way that this had right. been projected beforehand. So just a huge turn. I think it's turned maybe too much, but not enough for me to say, I want to lay points with Cincinnati. The Cardinals have looked scrappy, yeah. Michael. They've, they've been a team that no, is probably no, the no best question. losing team in the NFL right now. The best quarterback on the field so far, when they take the field on Sunday, Josh Dobbs play has played much better than Burrow. There's no, you can't argue that statistically and by arm. Now Burrow threw the ball yesterday. I watched him. It looked like he was driving the ball more. But I think that's a stay away. I don't think you can bet the Bengals, even at this lower number, if he's going to play like he did. Plus, their defense has not played to the level. Of course, they're playing 32 minutes of defense, something they can't do. No, I agree with you 100%. This is a, a stay away game for me. There are a number of teams, though, this past weekend that had either very, very good performances or very, very questionable performances. We're going to break down if we get a different game or more of the same here come Sunday. Don't go anywhere. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 